0: Good morning, and uh, welcome to River Glen on a uh, snowy Sunday. This is kind of a surprising snow. I didn't really see it coming. I don't know if you did, but really glad uh, that you're here. Good to be together uh, with you. And uh, those of you joining us online, maybe you're snowed in or wherever you are, uh, we're just so glad that uh, you're able to join us uh, and be together this morning. Today we're launching a brand new series called Divine uh, Direction, and it's based on a book right here by uh, Craig Rochelle, great book. Craig pastors one of the leading churches in America and a fantastic book, I think you'll, you would enjoy it. You can pick up a copy, you can purchase a copy over at the Contribute Corner after the service. I came across this book a few months ago and it not only helped me understand this subject better, it made me realize that we have never done a series on this subject and I, I regret that. I, I think it's, I think it's long, long overdue. The subject is decision making and acquiring God's direction, divine direction. So it's going to be new territory for us and just a really important series. Make sure you're here all four weekends. This is going to help you make better decisions in your life. We're also launching a new small group Thursday night, 6.30, like we always do with the new series. Just show up at the fireplace and we'll have a place for you. But this series is so practical that uh, we put together these uh, divine direction small group kits. Because maybe you maybe you'd like to get together your friends, family, classmates, coworkers, and just dive deeper into decision making. We put everything that you need in here. We've got some videos by Craig Rochelle. We've got a study guide in here. We even got uh, a bag of popcorn. Yeah, your first treat for your small group gathering. So maybe you want maybe you want to pull together a small group and go further into dive. Uh, divine direction. I hope that you will uh, take advantage of that. It's going to be an awesome series. Now, to get us headed uh, in the same direction, I just want to go ahead and tell you one of the big reasons why we're doing this series. So if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down somewhere. Here's Here's a big reason right here, because the decisions that you make today determine who you become tomorrow. And many of you already know that, on a surface level, but what we're, we're, we're gonna do, it. we're gonna we're really dive into how that works and how we can seek God's direction that He can give us today so that we become more of the person He wants us to be tomorrow. Because it's true, the decisions that we make this afternoon determine a lot of who we become tomorrow afternoon. This week determines a lot of who we become next week. And I, I think if we're honest, All of us, myself included, we don't always make the best decisions. Sometimes we make poor decisions. I came across a few pictures here of some people making some poor uh, decisions. Uh, Like this one, check this one out here. We've got got some guys in a kiddie pool here, and they got their drinks, you know, they got their music. And I don't know if you can see this, but they actually have an electric power cord on the top of the water here, floating it uh, using those uh, flip-flops. Not a good idea. (laughs) Don't do this at home, okay? Uh, we don't always make the best decisions. Now now, be honest as we look at this next one. How many of you have done this? You get, in the, you get in that cart at Target or at Walmart and you have somebody push you, see how fast you can go and you get to that certain speed and that front wheel starts going like that. Not safe, not safe. Many years ago, one of my kids fell out of one of these in the uh, grocery store. We ended up in the ER. Yeah, be careful. Uh, it's, it's dangerous and uh, poor decision right there. All right, one more. Just absorb this decision here uh, just for a moment. You know, this guy's helping his buddy out and gets down on all fours so his buddy can use his power saw <laughs> on his back. We don't always make the best decisions in life. And I know that's extreme, but have you ever had one of those moments where you wish you could go back and get a do-over? Maybe you bought something, and you regret it. Maybe it was a move for a job and you thought it was going to be really great and it didn't work out too good and you wish you you could go back and get a do-over. Or maybe your poor decision came right after you said something like this, hey guys, watch this. And you did something really dumb on a skateboard or a bicycle or a trampoline or whatever it was. We can make some poor decisions. And that's why we're doing this series because every single one of us here has to make some significant decisions in our lives. Whether you're 16 or 26 or 66, whether you come to church a little bit, whether you come to church a lot, all of us have important decisions to make and we need God's guidance. Maybe you're a senior in high school and you're trying to decide whether to go to this college or that college and what to major on. That's a difficult decision. Maybe you're in college. Maybe you're a senior in college and you're trying to to decide what to do with your degree after you get out of college. Maybe your decision is that you're dating someone. Maybe you're a teenager or maybe you're a single adult and you're dating someone, and the person that you're dating, you're mostly good with them. But you're, you, you see some things you're not sure about and you're trying to figure out what to do. Do I just stick with this person and hope that they change? Do I stick with this, stick with this person and hope they become a Christian, or do you just cut ties with them and find somebody else? It's a difficult decision. It's a tough decision. Maybe you're thinking, Ben, you don't understand. I know they're not a Christian, but they're just so cute. They are just so cute, and it's so much easier for someone to become a Christian than to become cute. It's a tough decision. It really is. It's difficult, or maybe your decision is, should I stick with this current job where I have... A lot of security or do I take this new job offer, it it might lead to more reward but involves more risk or maybe it's a financial decision, maybe you need some guidance from God on whether to buy a new car or to just keep the current one running for another six months or 12 months or maybe you're in a season of life where you've got some aging parents and it raises all kinds of questions, should they live with us, should they live with my brother, should they live with my sister? What do we do about their finances? It's not easy having aging parents and navigating all those decisions. Or maybe you're, you're on the other side of that. You don't have aging parents. You're in the kid zone. And you're trying to decide, should we, should we have another kid? Should we have three or four more kids? What should we do? What should we do? We all have these decisions. And I don't know what they are for you. But all of us have important decisions to make. And here's what we, here's what we want. Here's what we need. We need some divine direction. Something interesting to me, I, I, I discovered uh, as, I, as I did my study, I came across a lot of writing and, and research on this subject of decision-making, especially as it relates to the younger generation, to the, the uh, upcoming generation that we often call the millennial uh, generation. And uh, I love this generation. I love uh, millennials. Yeah, we've got three of them in our family uh, right here that we're trying to parent, Will, Ryan, and and Taylor. And I know we have many millennials in our church and on our staff, Maybe, maybe you're a millennial or maybe you've got millennials in your home that you're living with, or maybe your grandkids fit into this category. One of the challenges that millennials face has to do with decision making because millennials have more and more options to choose from. For example, many years ago when I graduated from high school, really had just two options, go to college, if you can afford it, or just go right into the workforce, two options. Today for millennials, for the upcoming generation, it's not just college, it's do I go to college on campus, or do I go to college online? Do I take a, a gap year, a super senior year? Do I travel the world with my friends? Do I start a business? Do I launch a YouTube channel and become YouTube? famous. There's just all kinds of decisions. Millennials have millions of options, but you don't have to be a millennial to have a lot of options to, to choose from. Whether you're a millennial or not, the more options that you have, the more difficult it becomes to make decisions. How many of you have this uh, right here in your home? Show of hands. How many of you have uh, Netflix? Oh yeah, quite a few. We have uh, Netflix in, in our home. Um, I don't get to watch it very often. I pay for it for everybody, but I don't get to watch it uh, very often. A few months ago, though, uh, my wife was out of town, and kids were gone, and so I had the house to myself. I sat down on the couch, and I thought, I'm going to watch some Netflix, and so I started scanning through these movies. I bet I spent 35, 40 uh, minutes scrolling through all these different movies, and I didn't actually watch a movie. I could tell you lots about different movies on Netflix, but I had so many choices, I couldn't Make up my mind. Here's what Pastor Craig Groeschel says. We have the Netflix generation that has so many options, it's very difficult to make a decision. And I think that's true for all of us. Oftentimes we fear making an imperfect decision. And so we don't make a decision. And what we need is some divine direction. And so today I'm going to lay foundation for the rest of this series by introducing. This one big idea, and this big idea really comes from the answer of, uh, uh, to this question. What, what, what does God really care about when it comes to his direction and his leading in our lives? No matter what age or stage or season of life you're in, as you search for God's leading and God's guidance, what does God really care about? Well, here's the big idea as far as God's divine direction. God cares more about who you become than what you do. God cares more about who you become as a person than what you do. If you're taking notes, I've got two principles that really flow out of that big idea and explain it and uh, that I hope you'll write down. I think you want to put these into your life and into the life of your kids and your grandkids about God's leading. Here's the first statement, God cares about who before do. God always cares about who before do. Here's what I mean. We all have hopes and dreams that we want to accomplish in life. And we need God's guidance to do those things. But God's primary concern is not what we do. It's who we become as a person. You know, for example, take a look here at this verse and what it tells us about God's will. It says, God's will is for you to be holy. That word holy means set apart, different. What it really means for us today is that we fully devote ourselves to following Jesus and becoming more and more like him. In other words, God's primary will for you is not about your vocation. It's, it's not about you becoming a teacher or accountant or engineer because who you are is more important than what you do. It, it's, it's who. God cares about who before do. That's why when you study the Bible and the teachings of Jesus. You rarely find him teaching about our vocational uh, careers. You rarely find Jesus teaching us about uh, the job that we do to make a a living. Uh, Most of the time when Jesus brought up someone's job, he invited them to leave that job, didn't he? and come and follow him because for Jesus it's always who before do that's why Jesus had so much to say about character and behavior Jesus is always talking about here's how I want you to live here's how I want you to behave here's how I want you to treat other people and then what you do what you what you do for a job there's a lot of freedom in that you can delight yourself in whatever work you do for your job but remember who you follow and how you're called to live. I'll use myself as an example of the point I'm trying to make here. And I'm gonna make myself just a little bit vulnerable, a little vulnerable, and so uh, be gentle with me, okay? Be nice to me, don't hurt my feelings because then I'll feel sad for the rest of the day, okay? How many of you, uh, here's my question, how many of you would say if you had to vote, and and you're gonna vote in just a moment, so that's coming, how many of you would say that I am probably doing what God wants me to do in my life, working as a, as a pastor, as a, as a preacher, as a, as a leader, that uh, I'm, I'm probably in my calling, I'm probably in God's will for my life. How many of you, uh, just by a show of hands, would uh, agree that, uh, Ben, you're probably doing what God wants you to do. You're probably in God's will. Oh, oh thank you. You, you. Oh, thank you for that affirmation you, you're, you're so kind I appreciate that and uh, those of you that didn't raise your hand you just you just tore out my heart but but thank you the rest of you for the uh, affirmation now I would agree with many of you that I think I'm doing God's will in my life I'm in God's will for my life but here's what I would also argue that serving as a pastor as a preacher it's a good thing it's a right thing for me to do, but it is a secondary part of God's will for my life. I would say it's probably number four or number five on God's will of the things that he wants me to be. I hope this makes sense to you. I'm talking about me, but I want you to translate this into your life. I would say beyond what I do up here on stage in teaching and preaching and and being a, a, a pastor, the primary goal and direction that God has for my life is to be holy, to to fully devote myself to following Jesus and becoming more like him. That's number one. Number two, he wants me to be a loving husband. I need to be a loving husband. Number three, I need to be a good dad to my my millennials. It's not always easy. And then number four, a trusted friend. And then on down the list is what I do as a a pastor, as a a preacher, as as a leader. But I think God's primary will for my life is more about character than it is career. Uh, for example, if I preach a really good sermon and then I'm abusive toward my wife, I'm not in God's will for my life. If I preach a really good message on the weekend and then I'm harsh with my kids, I'm not in God's will for, for my life. If I give a really helpful message, powerful message and then I don't pay my bills. I'm irresponsible with my money. I'm not living in his will for my life because it's always more about who than do. Who I am as a person is more important than what I do. Now, what I do is important, right? But who I am, that's where God, that's where God wants to lead and direct my life. So how does this apply to your life? I want to try to get real practical about who before do and, and how this principle Of God's will applies to your life. First of all, let's look at a few areas. First of all, for those of you that are younger or those of you that are single and dating, how about this question right here? Should I date this person or not? Sometimes I get asked about this. I get in conversations with people about dating. If you're a parent, you probably have these conversations. If you're a grandparent, you have conversations about dating. Should I date this person or not? Here's what scripture teaches about this question here's what God says. I don't really care about who you date as long as that person follows Jesus. Because the scriptures teach that if you follow Jesus, you should get engaged and married to someone who also follows Jesus. Not because Christians are better than non-Christians. That's not the reason. But because God wants you to have spiritual compatibility in your marriage. That's probably a bigger topic that we could it should talk about another time, but I think God would say, you should date, come alongside, let your heart fall for someone who also follows Jesus. God would say, I don't really care who you date, as long as that other person is more interested in Jesus than in, than in you. Now having said that, and I know this is difficult, but sometimes Christian people do what they should do without being who they should be. So they come to church on the weekend and they sing songs about surrendering their their life and their body and everything to God. And then they go home at night and surrender their life and their body to each other. And they're not dating with integrity. They're not dating with purity in their lives and in their relationship. So Here's how this principle applies to the question, should I date this person or not? More important than who you date is who you are when you date. Be like Jesus. Be pure. Be full of integrity. Live like Jesus would have you live. And I'm telling you, he will lead you to the right person for you to date. All right, here's another question. Should I stay in this place or should I I take another job somewhere else? Lots of times people ask questions about this. Should I move and take a job In another part of the country, should I change careers? Is this the right time? Are my kids at the right age for us to move? And and those are big decisions, Uh, career changes, geography changes. But again, I would say from God's perspective, it doesn't really matter where you live, because who you are at work is your most important work. Who you are at work. That is your most important work. And so if you're a doctor, be who you should be as a doctor. If you're an accountant, be who you should be as an accountant. If you're a teacher, be who you should be as you teach those children. Be who you should be wherever it is that you work. From God's perspective, who you are at work is even more important than what you do at at work. What about this one? Should I major in business? or elementary education, and these decisions that we make about our major in college that can be very difficult. I would say major in whatever it is that God is calling your heart toward, and then be who God has called you to be in that subject, in that field, in that career. How about this? Before you think about the do in the future, think about the who in the present, because we all have We all have these goals and dreams that we want to accomplish in life. We want to build things. We want to create things. And I want you to do that. I want to encourage you to do that. That's awesome. But before we think about the do out there in the future, think about the who in the present. Start with who and then move to do. That's, that's always going to be God's leading for our life. That's the first principle. Here's the second principle if you're taking notes when it comes to God's leading and direction in our life. God cares more about why before what. So it's who before do and then why before what? Because motives matter to God. Why you do what you do is really important. Take a look at this verse here from Proverbs chapter 16. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. In other words, God doesn't just look at the outside of what we're doing out there, but why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Look at this verse in James chapter four. He says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. You know, sometimes we ask God for good things and God wants to do those good things. God is gonna do those good things. He's gonna provide that fine, those finances, that person, that job. But God says right now your motives are not quite there. Your motives are not quite lining up. And motives are very, very important to God when it comes to his leading and direction in our lives. Check this out. It's almost impossible to get to the right place when you have the wrong motives. Think about that as you're looking for direction. Because it's not enough to decide this is where, you know, I want to end up. It's not enough to decide, this is where I believe God is, is leading me. It's not enough to plan and prepare and, and save to, to end up there, uh, because, you, ha- you also have to back up and ask yourself, why do I want to end up there? Because why you end up there is really important to God. So let me try to get real super practical with this. Why? The why matters uh, to God. Let's say you want to buy a car. Uh, why do you want to buy? A car. You know, buying a car is a big decision. It's a big financial step. What are your motives for wanting to buy a car? Do you want to buy a car because you can afford it and because you need reliable transportation? Or do you want to buy a car because you want to make a statement? You know, you just want to let everybody know, hey, you know, I can afford a car like this. My neighbor has one like this, but this one's actually a little bit better than my neighbor's car. You know, sometimes... We buy things to, that we don't need to impress people that we don't even like. Why, why is that? What are the motives behind that? Or what about this one? You're complimenting somebody. Why are you complimenting someone? Are you sincerely complimenting them to build them up, to encourage them, to celebrate them? Or are you complimenting them because you're, you hope that they will think better of you? Maybe they will compliment you. Your motives and why you compliment somebody matter. Those those things matter to God. Or how about this one? You're you're posting a picture on Facebook. Why? Why are you posting that picture? Is it to share something meaningful to you? Is it to encourage other people? Is it to just celebrate what God's doing in your life? Is it to point people to God's goodness? Or are you posting that picture so everybody can look at that picture and go, wow, wow. Look at how hip, or hot, or rich, or adventurous, or or whatever it is. Why are we doing those things? God cares about the why before the what. And if you want God's direction in your life, if I want God's direction in my life, we gotta back up and ask ourselves, why are we heading in that direction? Let me share with you just a great verse about this. If you wanna memorize a verse, I don't know if you memorize verses if you'd like to try, this is a great memorizer. It's kind of a short verse. Take a look at what it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Let that be your filter for your life, for God's leading and direction in your life. Whatever you, whether you, whatever you eat or drink or do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all uh, to honor God. This is such a great verse, a great filter. Let's say this out loud. Would you say this with me in a, just a big, full voice on the count of three? One, two, three. So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Wherever you work, it's probably fine. Do it for the glory of God. When you decide what to do or buy, it could be fine. Do it all for the glory of God. Wherever you decide, to live and work. It's probably fine, but make sure you're you're doing that. Make sure you're living there for the glory of God. I like the way that Pastor Craig Groeschel talks about this. Listen to what he says. He says, you may say, I'm just a stay-at-home mom, and I'm up to my neck in laundry and poop. Here's what he says then. You should wash that laundry and clean that poop for the glory of Jesus. Those are his words. Make it the cleanest laundry and the cleanest baby butt ever. Why? You're praying for that child. You're discipling your child. It's a difficult season, but you're doing it with the right motives. You may say, I'm just a student, but I've got aspirations one day. I'm going to do something big. Listen, be faithful when you're doing something small, long before you expect something big. Serve Jesus where you are. One day, I'm going to be a missionary overseas. Be a missionary in your biology class right where you are. Be faithful where you are. One day I'm going to do something big for God, but I'm just an entry-level fast food worker. I'm the fry guy. Listen, do fries better than anybody else has done fries. And then one day you'll be flipping burgers. Do burgers and do them well. Wherever you are, instead of saying, God, what's that big thing you have out there? Serve Jesus right here. When you serve Jesus right here, it helps you get right there. Isn't that good? Serve Jesus right here, and it helps you get right there. That's where we all want to get to, right? Is right there, then serve Jesus right right here. So let's pull this all together. It's always going to be who before do, who you are before uh, before, uh, what you do, and it's going to be why before what? Motives matter to God, because God is more concerned about who you become as a person than what you do. And I know a lot of times we just wanna know the answer. We say, God, if you just tell me what to do, God, if I just knew what to do, I would go ahead and and do it. But I'm telling you, if you want God's direction in your life, uh, the best way to start that is not by asking, God, what do you want me to do? But by asking this question, God, who do you want me to become? God, who do you want me to become? Because one day who you become will be the only thing that matters. One day, who you become is what you will take into eternity. And who you are is what's going to be cele- what you're going to be celebrated and rewarded for in heaven. Now, I may be wrong on this. I don't really know. A, I've never really experienced eternity. I've never really been to heaven, so I'm not exactly sure what, what it's going to be like. But I don't think we're going to be doing a lot of these things that we're doing right now. I don't think I'm going to be doing a lot of this in heaven teaching preaching because Jesus is there. I'm not going to be doing a lot of this. Maybe you work in, in in real estate. That's awesome. That's fantastic, but I don't think you're probably going to be doing much real estate, you know, in heaven. I don't think that very many people are going to want to sell their mansion and, you know, build a better build a better one in heaven. Something I know, something that I've learned from talking to many people who have been at the end of the end of life or when you come to the end of your life, or you have your life flashed before your eyes, I promise you, it's a lot more about who than do. A few years ago, I had the chance to travel to New York City. We spent some time at the 9-11 memorial. It was really powerful. There was one display that really, really especially moved me where you can listen to recordings of voicemails, voice messages that people left, people who were in the towers. They knew they weren't going to be able to get out but they had a phone, and so they left a voicemail message. I want to read a few of these to you. A flight attendant by the name of Cece Lyles left a message on the answering machine for her husband. She said, please tell my children I love them very much. I'm sorry, baby. I wish I could see you again. Melissa Harrington, who was newly married, called her husband in San Francisco. He was asleep, but she left this voicemail. Sean, it's me. I just wanted to let you know... I love you. New York City Fire Department Captain Walt Hines called home on his way toward the towers and he left this message for his wife. He said, honey, things are bad. I don't know if we'll make it out. I just wanted to tell you that I love you and I love the kids. When you come to those final moments in life, it's about people. It's not about do. It's about who they are and it's about who you are. And that's the divine direction that Jesus would lead us in our lives today. It's all about loving God and loving others. And I know right now some of you listening, some of you are probably thinking that all sounds good, who before do, why before what, but I was hoping that you would tell me what to do. I really need to know what, what to do. I, I came today because it's called divine direction and I was hoping that I would get some. Okay, maybe this will help you. Here's where it all comes down to today. Here's, here's, where, here's where it all comes to today. If you want to know what to do, here it is. If you're becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. I promise, you become the right who on the inside. God will help you choose the right do on the outside. God will make it more and more obvious, more and more clear to you, to your kids, and to your grandkids. Look at this verse. Maybe you've seen this verse. It's a popular verse from Proverbs chapter three. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've heard about this verse. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your, your, your paths. You may know that verse, but there's a whole lot of who before do in here. Think about it. Uh, you're a person who trusts. In the Lord with all your heart. You don't lean on your own understanding. You acknowledge him. You submit to him in 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 all your ways. Those are all internal things. And when I become who I should be on the inside, what happens? What does it say in the last line? He will direct your paths. You be who you should be. Trust in him. Lean on him acknowledge Him and He will do what you want and need Him to do. He will direct your path. He will give you divine direction. So here's the next step for this weekend. Before you think about the do out there, think about the who right here. As we launch into this series and as we go deeper and deeper into divine direction, don't just think about what you have to do this week. Think about who you are. Today and let God build into you right now so that you can have that future that he has in store for you. For some of you, the best next step that you could take, the way that God wants to build into your life right now is baptism because Jesus has commanded every person who follows him to acknowledge him in this way. We've got a baptism opportunity coming up here and in, in two uh, weekends, February 24th and, and 25th, and it is a just beautiful ceremony where you declare, Jesus, I am fully trusting you. I, Jesus, I am leaning into you. And baptism, it'll put you in a place, in a position where you will, you will you, you'll really be in a better position to receive divine direction from God you can you can fill out the card there's a card in the chair back in front of you just fill that out drop it off at the welcome center if you have any questions stop at the connect wall we'd we'd love to uh, answer your questions we'd love to talk with you right after the uh, service so let me pray let me go ahead and pray as we close our service and I want to ask you if you would if you would please stand and join me for closing prayer let me pray for us God thanks for today Thanks for the opportunity that we have to think about you and how you work and how you lead us and what you care about. God, I think a a lot of times what you care about and what I care about, they're not always the same. And so, God, I pray that we would be more in line and and more on board with who we are and not just what we're doing. And God, we would think about our motives and, and why we do what we do. And then, God, I pray that you would lead us. You've led us so many times. I pray that you would do it again. I pray that we would be who we should be and you would lead us. God, do it again in our lives just the way that you've done for us so many times and for so many others throughout history. God, grant us your divine direction and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for being here. Don't forget about RG5 in the lobby.